Welcome to Remember When. I remember I was at his house. I, I can remember specifically. Do you recall uh, when you got yours? Remember when they played that? Remember I remember that. that. Basic. I remember yep. that. Then I remember, um, still remember. I remember us. And I remember, I remember that. I remember, I remember, but, I remember uh, that. Uh, I remember that. Is he, he was a star when he was eating uh, a bologna sandwich at a truck stop. Guns N' Roses versions of White Christmas. That's not a thing. <laughs> Have you heard Guns N' Roses White Christmas? I remember um, you felt horrible. And I was, that was a I real did. happy. No. And, and he's performing like 200 dates a year. <laughs> I mean, hair metal needed to die when it died. Wasn't Bad. there a, a Steve? Wasn't there something with a dog? Break down really quick. Warren Cherry Pie versus versus uh, GNR. Uh, uh, Welcome to the jungle. I was a little too tall, could use a few pounds. Tie pants, points, hollering down. She was a black hair beauty with big dark eyes. Points on the road, sent away up high. Way up firm and high. And there you go, Bob Seeger in the house. Yeah. To ah. remember when, everyone. What is going on? Great intro there by the great Steve Fisher. What is going on, man? Good stuff. Yeah, three chords. Uh, luckily, there are three of the four chords that I can play. So, uh, I, Scott and I have been talking a little bit. I uh, my family is on a cross country road trip, so I'm a bachelor for about a week and a half, and uh, I'm living it up, man. I got my guitar tuned up, and I, I, I'm playing it. I'm uh, cleaning bins. I'm working on my dryer. It's it's just you know a dream life. This might be request hour. Maybe that's gonna be our own show. <laughs> it'll be a short. It'll be a short show then, with uh, with probably not a lot of listeners. Yeah. So speaking of Seeger, um, had a fantastic time seeing him uh, last month at Pine Knob. It was fantastic to be able to be in the house at one of his six shows there. Uh, fantastic. Uh, he's still touring now, but uh, a lot of fun. We'll probably be doing a review show. I, I, I had a great chance to actually run into Jason Hall at the show. We actually met up a little bit before, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And uh, we'll probably have him on shortly uh, at a future show to kind of talk about that. I know you saw him back in the winter, but it was just great to see him again, you know? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, but nothing like Detroit at Pine Knob outside. That's, uh, you know, that's probably the best place in the world you could see. Well, I know it is. Um, and, uh I, I, I don't know about you, but I, I talked about this on an earlier podcast, but this tour is, is supposed to be his last. And I don't know, just put a lot of things in perspective and how uh, deep and meaningful his music has been. And um, I, I, I love the show, as I have every time I, I, I've seen him. Um, and I, I, I trust you did as well. And, and oh, hey, and, and talk a little bit about you were you had three generations of woods at the show, right? Yeah, no, it was really enjoyable. Uh, so, like I was kind of been saying on some previous shows, uh, my son Blake, who's 16 now, 
he's starting to kind of, you know, grow a little bit in his music taste and uh, kind of taking a liking to Bob Seger. So he came up with me. And then originally I was going to ask my parents because they both are huge bit Bob Seger fans. My dad, he was actually up in northern Michigan fishing, so he couldn't make it. But um, my mom came with us. So it was pretty cool. Uh, Blake, me and uh, my mom came. And uh, so, yeah, three generations. And of course, my parents, you know, saw him back at the days of Pine Knob and, and, and Kobo. Um, so a lot, obviously, history and so forth. My parents actually ended up going uh, the following week. They picked up some, uh, nice. some tickets on, online. Uh, there was actually some – it was during the week. I actually had some discounted tickets. Um, what? Yeah, if you could believe that. Uh, yeah. Uh, it was one of his Wednesday night shows. Huh. Um, yeah. I think uh, it was really surprising what they got him for. But um, – but anyway, it was a packed house on Saturday night. We were there. That's for sure. Yeah, interesting. Because I was actually going to ask you. Uh, you you mentioned uh, only six shows, or okay, six shows at a at an amphitheater that uh, I don't know holds about what fifteen thousand or so. So not doing not right. doing bad. Uh, but I, I would have thought he could uh, sell out more shows. I was just thinking maybe he. He didn't want to exhaust his run. He'd come back to Detroit. But if they're discounting tickets, even even though it's a Wednesday night, uh, he probably uh, maxed out, I guess, uh, what he could sell in Detroit. Interesting. Um, yeah, and some of the feedback, too, was kind of interesting. Um, my parents, they saw him Wednesday. And this baby makes sense. They said he sounded really good. Um, and, you know, he takes that break. So his last show would have been the Saturday before. We saw him on a Saturday. Um you could tell the first couple songs mm. you kind of had to get kind of get warmed up. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, still the same was a little, little, little rough, but um, once he got going um, about the third song in, it was, it was all there. And, you know, I mean, again, um, he, he does a great job, you know, and the other thing is you may have noticed this in your show. I think being back in Detroit probably made a little difference too, but just as, I don't know. He when I saw him back in 06, I don't know if the energy level was quite there. Um, he was having fun. The energy level was up. Uh, I, I I thought his showmanship was up. I thought I thought he put on a great show. Yeah, I I thought he looked healthier. Uh, I mean, yeah. he definitely lost weight, and he uh, you know because he had that uh, back surgery, uh, and um, I, I assume there was a training regimen, a rehab regimen, or what have you, and and maybe that helped him uh, get a little energy. Uh, you know, you mentioned still the same. If I, I think about that song, that is one of those songs that as you get older, yeah. you might have regretted uh, writing because it had a that's hard. Yeah, I don't think I can sing that. Yeah. And I'm a little bit younger, but not that I ever had a voice of Bob Seger's. But but yeah, that's interesting. And and you go for the nostalgia, right? I think some of the some of the songs are tuned down a little bit, but it doesn't matter. I remember when I around 06, I think I saw probably the same tour I saw them in the Catman do instead of the cat may they they substituted with the drums you know uh, uh don right. brewer was drumming at that time um and uh i thought oh you know maybe he can't get there anymore so they substituted it but yeah and our uh i remember when alum uh, alumni art fader he uh he uh, he one day over here in the west coast i woke up and, and he had sent us some pictures of a video and pictures of of a show he was at yep. i don't know where yeah. that fit it, it was after you i think yep it was after yep but yeah it was uh yeah so and he had some pretty good seats i'll tell you yeah that. 
Yeah, he did. He did. And I think I, I mentioned on an earlier podcast, he's coming back out here to the Pacific Northwest. I have a ticket for Salem in September. Uh, I purposely bought there because it's like a 12,000. It's the basketball arena at the University of Oregon. Um, but it's during the week and it's a two hour drive. Uh, school will be back in. So we'll see if I if I make it. And uh, I, I hope I do just because it's a Bob Seeger show. But as I talked about on the podcast, when I saw him earlier this year out here in Portland, it was the perfect it was the bow bow on the present man it was just it was just it and i know i mentioned this when i was talking about the show but i don't know if this uh, part of the concert stuck out to you about a third of the way in i think uh he did uh, shame on the moon right yep. into roll me away and that yep. those two i was already crying and then yep. and then he used to open with three or has for years roll me away was his opener and then i didn't look at the set list so i didn't right. know and then I boom he hit that hit song hit and i thought oh man he's really he's really driving that uh really driving that knife in man and uh it was a good good uh good feeling though so oh that's awesome man and uh bob if you do end up retiring after this tour we we wish you all the best i don't know if he made did he make the wedding singer joke at uh pine Up? uh no he did not okay he said he said i'm open for weddings i, I want to take a year off and then i'm open for weddings so if you need need a singer let me know so <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know he's great you know and he played a couple of those songs you know um i was trying to think here um okay so going back to uh one of our songs we've talked about on one of our uh, prior podcasts for wrestling uh the tag team doom you know her strut yeah now, I, I didn't realize this. He had mentioned this, and this kind of surprised me, and I have not fact-checked it, but did he tell the story years when he had got uh, a letter or got a package in the mail from Billboard about yeah, that song? Yeah, and it was, yes, he said, yeah, he did tell that, but, t- but say it. I can't remember what it was. Well, and I was surprised at this. He, for ni- the year 1980, I believe it was 80 or 81, I want to say it was 80, that was the most played song in America for that year. Yeah, yeah, he did say he did say that. Uh, that was per Billboard. They sent him, you know, a, a deal on that. But that that really shocks me to be. <laughs> I mean, I knew that was one of his hits, but that's not one of the ones you would think that was a mainstream mainstream hit. Would you? Yeah, I'm going to call some um, some tentative shenanigans on that, and I'm going to yeah. I'm going to say Billboard was trying to woo him for an interview that year or something. Um, and anybody can uh, tweet us at 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 podcast when and and refute it or or confirm it. But uh, I'm currently googling it. But yeah, he did say that. I, I forgot about that. Sounds yeah, a little I mean, fishy to me, but. It does, and then you'll accompany me. That was another one, Shame on the Moon. I don't think he had played in 26 years. That was like, you'll accompany me. He said he hadn't played in 30 years, which kind of surprised me. But uh, I love that song as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that that you said that's his mom's favorite song? Did he say that? No, okay. uh, we've got tonight. Oh, that's what we've got tonight. Favorite. Okay, thanks. Thank you for which that. Is an, which, which is an interesting twist. <laughs> <laughs> did he sing that Bob Dylan song, Forever Young, and play the video? He did. Oh. He did. Which is great. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah, the petty. That was a tearjerker. Yeah, the petty pictures and the Glenn Fry pictures. It was, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, but I... Um, but kind of going back to concerts, you know, you know, kind of, like I said, this, this podcast has kind of reignited me uh, in my uh, just talking to you and even talking to Jason and Fader and some of these people have been to a lot so many concerts recently it's kind of reignited the fuel there um, 
had a chance, obviously, Metallica this year. Uh, this is going to be a record year, maybe, for me. It's in probably <laughs> 25 years on concerts. Uh, Blake and I are actually going up to Columbus. I bought the Jeff Lynn tickets. Nice, nice. Uh, and that that's one it is on the bucket list. I i, I think it, he's going to put a fantastic show. I'm excited oh, yeah. to see some Will. Now, I'm purposely not pulling up the set list as, as well on that one. Us jamming out a little ELO this last weekend over the 4th. And, man, you know, they've got some great hits, They do. Man. They do. Yeah, they do. It's, well, it's an unsung one, and, and you start getting into it, man. And, they, you know, they got their soft stuff, but they've got some rockers out there, too, you know? Yeah. Well, and anybody who uh, is going to be in a band with uh, Roy Orbison, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff, George Harrison, and, and Tom Petty's, uh, he's, he's – uh, He's got the respect of some pretty pretty important musicians and, and didn't get there uh, by accident. So, uh, yeah, he played out here just a couple weeks ago, and I just couldn't make it. It was um, on my radar, uh, but uh, couldn't make it. Um, oh, have have a great time. Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking two concerts. Uh, I uh, just a couple nights ago saw. Um, Glorious Sons, you've heard me talk about them yep. out of uh, Kingston, Ontario. They opened up for the Struts, which is uh, a British band. Uh, I definitely see some Queen, definitely like some Sweet uh, in there, um, and and just a great, very, um, I would call it very grit- British, very glam, very, uh, but, and, mm. and there, a lot of the records are produced uh, quite a bit, but it, it, in live, they're pretty raw and just amazing, amazing show. That was fun. Opened up by, um, by the Pink Slips, which is a, uh, a new band, a newer band, a punk band. Uh, the lead singer is Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses' daughter. Um, and, uh, so they were, they were, they were all right. Not necessarily my style, but, um, and, uh, uh, a couple of later this week, going to see Queen and uh, Adam Lambert at the Tacoma Dome. And then next week going to get to see Slash and, uh, Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, uh, which is Slash's solo band. Uh, uh Miles Kennedy is, uh, Alter Bridge and has done uh, some other stuff. He's a great guitarist, but in Slash's band, um, you, you know, you're not, you don't necessarily need an amazing lead guitarist. Um, and uh, so he, but he's a great vocalist too. So yeah, that'll be fun. At the Paramount, which is a, the, a famous theater up in Seattle that I've, uh, I've, I've read about, know about, uh, I know it fits into the grunge uh, history in some ways. Uh, but uh, yeah, looking, uh, looking forward to those upcoming shows. Yeah, um, the other one I've I'm on, I've got on my radar, and everyone said you got to go see it, and it's it's tempting. It's the uh, the Alice Cooper show here. Um, oh yeah, would you recommend that? Oh oh gosh, yeah, make the, the trip, yeah, man. Well, he's down at Riverbend on the twenty third, so I think we're gonna do that. And the tickets are not expensive. Um, no, and, no. And I've heard he's puts on a fantastic show, and he's one I've never seen. So we've talked about this, you know, these guys, how much, you know, he's 72, I think, how much more are they going to be around, you know, putting these shows on, you know? Yeah. Oh, do it. You'll be so glad you did. And it's amazing um, how quickly the show goes by because it's so entertaining. You talk about a great band. Um, oh, he, he's got a great – and a lot of them have been around a long time. Um, his bass player, his drummer, I can't think of their names, but they're both good. And then he's got uh, the two guitarists. The one is, uh, uh, is Nita Strauss, I think, um, She and she shreds. It, it's, and then all the theatrics, and you're going to see the guillotine and the Frankenstein yeah, sure. and all that and and the, the babies uh, heads and whatever yeah, I mean it's 
<laughs> he just I've seen I've seen him two or th- maybe th- I think three times, a couple times really close and just the band seems so like just uh, relaxed and having fun up there. Yeah. They're they're just so good. Um yeah. Yeah, you 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 should try, try to try to do that if you can. And of course, a Detroit native. Um yep. So he'll he'll join uh not Rod and Mario anymore in the uh, in the booth um, from time to time for TV uh, Tigers TV broadcast. So, uh, hey, hey I know we're going real quick. Have you been to um, uh, shoot? Dang it! I am I am off. <laughs> you can tell we've been we've been off for a while. I'll tell you, Rusty. Have, have you been to this? Have you been to uh, Scully's Music Diner in Columbus? I have one time. For a band that I forget the name of, Black Rebel Motorcycle Gang, I think. And um, yeah, I drove by it a thousand times. But uh, yeah, I did go there once. Well, I was just checking that out. And uh, and actually, going to be playing Harrison, Ohio here in, uh, in September. I cannot believe these small venues. I'm considering Sebastian Bach. Oh, he's doing ah. the, he's doing the Skid Row 30th yeah. anniversary episode right, right. tour, um, which is a show we're going to probably be doing here uh, not too long. That's one of on our list is to discuss that album, yeah, uh, Skid Row. But um, that's tempting, man. Yeah, <laughs> Sebastian Bach and Scully's is like peanut butter and jelly, man. It just goes yeah. together. I would think um, it would. Yeah, and I have seen him. And never saw Skid Row back in the day, but of course I've told all the bands that I didn't see in their heyday. Um, but he's uh, another one, another entertaining guy. Uh, you never know what what's going to come out of his mouth or what he may or may not do. Um, he's just a ball of fire, man. And his pipes, he still got it. Last time I saw him, which was a few years ago now. Um, but yeah, great, uh, great show. I, he'll, uh, he'll do. Yeah. Oh yeah. I guess. Sorry. I, I listened to a podcast where he talked about this tour and right. Uh, he was, uh, debating whether to play it all in the order. He was leaning toward that and stuff he talked about. I was going to say, uh, you know, he's one of those, I, I don't blame him for this in the least, but he's one of those that when he has a new project out, he's trying to, uh, also promote his new stuff and he gets mad if people right. are, you know, holding up the lighters for, uh, right. I remember you and yeah. then going to 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 take a leak during his uh his solo stuff but and i have tracked some of his solo stuff and it's, it's good ah, famously here we go but axel rose um who doesn't make many cameos uh did a couple songs with him including back in the saddle years ago on an element oh, oh it, it rocked it was such a good version um so hey i'm gonna wedge this in i know we're going a little long on our intro here but but i'm gonna wedge this in just because i i can is uh, i'll tell a quick quick story i know i told wood this story but uh, my family, uh, we were in Seattle. Seattle's about three hours north of, of Portland. And um, so actually we were, uh, we were there a couple times anyway. And uh, so we are, uh, we're picking my son up at the airport up there. We're just kind of killing time at the Seattle Center, which is by the Space Needle and so forth. There's a playground. And uh, I say, well, you know, I, I tell, tell my wife, you know, I, I got to use the restroom. I'm going to go into the Museum of Pop Culture, uh, which is formerly the uh, Experience Music uh, Project. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, the Sci-Fi Museum. It's gone under some different things. I think they've tried to, uh, to uh, kind of get the... Uh, 
the uh, the assortment. That's that's not the artist term. I forget the, the collection in the right place. Anyway, and uh, so uh, uh, literally, I go in. I'm right by the gift gift shop. Great gift shop. So I'm reading these books. I'm reading a book on Duff McKagan, famously the uh, original and, and back over the last three years, uh, uh, bass player for Guns and Roses. Uh, stayed with them until they broke up in the mid '90s, uh, and a Seattle native. And I, I had just seen Duff in, in concert just a few weeks before. In fact, I think the last podcast I talked about is his solo record, which is really good. Um, check it out, Tenderness. Um, and so I saw him and he played a few Guns guns uh, songs and then played basically that whole his new uh, solo album. Um, this was in Portland about a week week prior to me being in Seattle. So anyway, back to the the uh, museum and I'm in the gift shop. I'm reading this book on Duff McKagan. It's a story about Seattle music. It's actually around grunge. And it was kind of going into the history of music in Seattle. And I'm reading on Duff. I put the book away. I, I use. I go to the restroom. I walk out. Right, walking right by me are Duff McKagan, his wife, and his two daughters. One of which is the lead singer of that band I just saw. And you know when you have those like conversations with yourself, you know, like in the moment. And I'm just like Fisher, don't blow this. You you got to talk to him. You got to say hi. Don't talk for 15 minutes. Don't tell him how you love the his shoes or something. You know, keep it cool. But you, you can't not say something, right? So <laughs> so I go up and I say, hey, Duff, I just want to tell you I'm a big fan. I've seen you. I just saw you in Portland. And, you know, I've seen you Guns N' Roses front row a few times. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, interrupt you with your family, but you know, just wanted to say hi, and and that's, I think I said something like, you know, thanks for all the great music. And he stops and he talks to me for like, you know, three minutes or so. He wanted his wife's from Ohio, so he wanted to talk about that. He was talking about that show in Portland because their bus broke down. He's telling me that whole story, and you know, he's like, oh, we're in Ohio, and he's telling me about going to the uh, year of the Buckeyes, which I couldn't remember the years. He didn't either. I, I was actually a little closer than him, but I think his. The reason he's telling me this is he's like, oh, because you have three degrees and you worked there for 17 years. I don't think I said that, but I said I was there for a long time. You know, he's figured, you know, you should probably know when your team won the national championship. Um, but I didn't. And uh, but he talked about going to a, a, an early game at the Texas Tech game that year, which I remember. It turns out it was the 02 season. And then Texas, the- you mean? No, no, no. Texas Tech. He was telling me, he's like, hey, it was just an early game, you know, just like one of those easy ones. No, I remember the Texas games too. Uh, but uh, no, this was Texas Tech. But um, yeah, so we like talk. And then his wife wrote a book that I just listened to her on a podcast. And so I wanted to buy it and the book was there. And so I went and bought the book and uh, then I had her sign and she, and his wife was so nice too. She's like a former supermodel and everything. And, um, you know, so I knew her from social media, whatever. And she's like, oh my gosh, I got a brother named Steve, you know, what a good, you know. And then she had, like I said, the Ohio connection and she's telling me how she grew. Oh, there's a Duff, Duff was telling me about his former brother-in-law that lived in, uh, that he passed away and stuff but he you know he lived in ohio so yeah that was my uh my my brush with with fame so i want to ask you a question wood and anybody else who wants to weigh in on this i'd love to hear your hear your thoughts i'm on cloud nine right because just like i said i thought you know i got the guts to say hi best as i remember in fact i you know i kind of even said like hey thanks so much go talk to your family i mean you know we we're wrapping it up yeah. but i just wanted to make a point that i you know i knew he was with his family i didn't want to be a weirdo <clears throat> you didn't chris farley no well again you know i might i do say it was awesome <laughs> remember that time when you were playing bass on the stage at the tokyo dome that was awesome i have the dvd 
<laughs> and uh, so uh, – so I, I walk, I walk back out and, you know, again, I'm like assessing, I'm like talking to myself, like, all right, Fisher, I think, you know, you got a B, B plus maybe, you know, you didn't ace it, but you did okay. So I get back and, and, um, uh, you know, I, I, I think we've, we've talked about some of this, you know, my wife assumed I got, you know, uh, you know, assassinated or something kidnapped, uh, cause I was in there for so long. I could see this worried look on her face. And I say, I say, is my hand shaking? She's like, what happened? And I'm like, I just met Duff McKagan and his wife. I said, I can't believe that. And this Duff McKagan had been a conversation at our home because I'd just gone to that show. And um, her first question, she goes, did you get a picture? And I'm like, no. And she's like, oh, my gosh, Steve, you blew it. That's the one thing you should have done. She's like, I don't think he would have thought you were strange if you asked for a picture. I said, I know. I said, I consciously thought about that. I said, what am I going to do with the picture? She's like, I don't know. That's just what you do. And I'm like, ah, he's with his family. I said, listen, I will always cherish those three minutes. I will remember them forever. The picture, like I said, does social media need another picture of a celebrity and some <laughs> Joe Blow? Right? You know, like, like is my picture going to get right. Duff McKagan followers? You know, probably not. Might detract from his followers. Question for you. In a situation like that, do you ask for the selfie? Now, this is not at a show, right? This is kind of in a public place. Do you ask for the selfie? Well, I don't do the selfie, so it wouldn't be a selfie. Oh, that's right. You're a, you're an anti-selfie so, so, uh, 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 altogether. I no, forgot about I, that. I wouldn't do a selfie. I would If yeah. I was going to ask for a picture, I'd, I'd ask someone there, maybe his wife. I would say, do you mind taking a picture? I'd ask him, do you mind getting a picture with us? Would you, though? Would you go th- – like, okay, what if that takes away 30 seconds you could have talked to him? No, it would, be at the, it would be at the end. Okay. If I was going to do it. It would yeah. all depend on the conversation. I like your approach. Honestly, okay. I like your approach because it's more real. It's more genuine. You yeah. Had, you, had, you had a real conversation with the guy. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say, hey, can you get? Can we get a picture? That To okay. me, that's being an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. If it's at a show, different. Different now, story. Now, now, what you could have done, possibly, because the conversation went so well, you build some rapport, it might be... And that's when I ask. It, that's when I ask if he needs a base tech for the for the uh, next yeah, year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I quit my job. I become his. I know who his base tech is. Actually, his base tech was on his solo shows too. So uh, that job is taken. But yeah, you you know, I I can hang lights or something. I can do right. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. No. I, I I I definitely don't uh, deny your approach. Okay. Thank I, you. Yeah. I I, de- I you know you could just be a total tool bag and say, can I get yeah. a picture? Or yeah. just, or just, or just take his picture without even asking him. Oh, that no, that I think that would yeah, be really, that, really that, that, that that would not go over well. Yeah, it, we had some that's friends. Rude. That he, it's kind of rude. It's just yeah, rude. yeah. That's what I thought. You know, it's with his with his with his uh, family and stuff. But um, yeah. and like like you know, I the real conversation because that's the thing after a show outside of the bus or something. I feel it's very much within reason to get a, a picture or a, a, an autograph. But your pro- chances are, if other people are around, you're not going to get to have that conversation. Like, right. That's what that's what matters. All no, right, no, so you got you got you got a real conversation, and you weren't a line. You weren't at some fan place. Yeah. You weren't in the show. You were in real life, and you just had a conversation. That's probably. I like the way you handle it. I do. All right, I thanks. Yep. Because yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife had me wondering. She's like, "That's the one thing you should have done." To the point where I was like, "I think he's still in there. Should I go in?" And she's like, "No, no, no. You blew it." <laughs> and, 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 I, and I think, I think, pick, but I will say this. I think, um, like, when kids, when you're a kid, we'll get into this a little bit, maybe 
a while on not not autographs, but to, we're going to talk to you sports here in a little bit. That's where we'll get to eventually. But um, the autograph thing, I don't know, as an adult, like that to me, like a, an autograph's just kind of weird too, man. I, I don't know so about too. you. A picture, no. I think, is a little bit more adult life. If you go selfie, it's really stupid. Um, autograph is just even dumber, I think. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. And what you're going to do with it. Now, again, like if there's a line, you know, certainly if you're an autograph signing, sure. obviously. Sure. Or, you know, and you've got like a vinyl or something. But even sure. it may kind of makes sense. But even the stuff that I have. Like I've, uh, it sits in piles. Like I don't like look at it or have it on display. I mean, you know, I don't have Elvis Presley's autograph. Maybe if I did, I would, I don't know. But um, yeah, Paul McCartney or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of, what are you going to, what are you going to do with it? I kind of feel so. um, Yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks. Thanks for a, let me share that story and b uh, actually lining, lining up with my, my rationale as well. No, it's a good story, man. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, good. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's been a busy, I think I think we we're talking, we've been a little backed up on shows, but you know, it's summertime. You, you've been traveling. I've been traveling. I was just spent uh, about five days up in Northern Michigan and Oscoda with my parents and brother. Oh, wow. Uh, nice. Yeah. So it was good. Beautiful weather. Um, so we go from there. We spend five days up there. We come back. My, uh, my oldest daughter, uh, she's going to be a freshman this year. She uh, She's playing in a basketball tournament in Louisville, Kentucky. I think, um, hey, I think you say Louisville. I think it's Louisville, not Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. 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 Like New Orleans, right? It's not New Orleans. It's New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know if anyone out there has been to Louisville. Um, the uh, They got a huge expo center. Um, right by the airport. There's an amusement park out there. It's called Kentucky Kingdom. But I'll tell you what, I, you know, they said this is going to be one of the largest tournaments to be at. I was like, ah, okay. Um, we get to this expo center. It's called the uh, the Run for the Roses. Matter of fact, they've got another one this week, Battle in the Borough, and then they've got boys tournaments the next two weekends. I mean, this place, it, the utilization has just got to be sick. But anyways, it's an expo center. It's basically a convention center. We get in there. There's over 80 basketball courts in this facility. Wow. How many floors? 80 floors. Whoa, 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 whoa. So hold on. No, okay, okay. How many, how many, sorry, yeah. 80 basketball courts, right? Yep. How many floors to the building? One. So it's just a million square square feet or something? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, think of like um, when you go to like uh, everyone's been like the auto show, right? Like yeah. the Cobo Hall or what? You go in there and it's it's just a big center, right? I oh, don't know what the square footage of this place was, but they've got courts lined up. You go around the corner, they've got them back to back to back to back, and these are full court basketball. So courts. hold hold on, are they are they like uh, 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 wheeling these in and like in like setting them up, or are they permanent in this place? No, they're temporary. Got it. Um, got it. Them, okay. 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 They're, they're 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 all temporary. Some of them are almost like Lego fit type yeah, courts. Makes sense. Okay. Like. Um, yeah, other ones are ones, but yeah, this is not a permanent thing. Um, but over eleven hundred teams from eighth grade going into senior. <laughs> eleven hundred teams and, 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 and it's all girls. 
This so, is there's no boys teams here. This is all girls teams. So how many are on a team? Ten. Uh, usually ten to eleven. Yeah. So we're talking eleven thousand kids. Yeah. And then eleven thousand kids. Another ten thousand parents or something, right? Wow. Yeah. Or or let's say double that. Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably had. I mean, I, I'd say over the and this is a four day tournament. I, I, you know, there's no question. You know, there's probably a few hundred thousand people coming through those doors daily. You know, like we talked about this, if there were they were keeping track at like a turnile or whatever. Um, so yeah, <laughs> just crazy. So it's a big recruiting deal. Um, you know, usually well, hey. juniors and seniors. Yeah, hold, my, hold, hold on here, Wood. Hold on here, Wood. Now we're <laughs> we're talking we're talking earlier about the autographs, right? Do you ask for the autograph? Do you ask for the selfie? If you wear a blue and gold 50, 54 jersey in that room, <laughs> I mean, you've got you've got twenty thousand people just lining up to get your autograph, right? That's so right. how'd you go? Did you wear like the the mustache and like a hat pulled down? How, how did you how'd you pull this off? <laughs> I mean basketball lore, especially especially in that part of the country, man. That's uh, you know, how tall are yeah, you? I, Seven I, foot three. You can't hide there. Exactly. I had so many recruits chasing yeah. me back in nineteen ninety three. I mean, they yeah. they were just knocking on the doors. Coach Rook, you know, was getting letters left and right yeah. from uh, from coaches that wanted to see me. Me too. Uh, you know, it was it was just all over the map. But yeah, I mean, this place had had uh, 48 states represented. There were teams from California. There were teams from Arizona. Um, all the big, all the big colleges were here. Wow. In addition to D3 and NAI schools, I mean, you had, I mean, girls basketball, women's basketball. You know, you've got like Notre Dame. You've got the, you know, uh, Mississippi State, South Carolina, the big schools. Um, they're all there, and it, it was just—it was an experience. I'll tell you that. Uh, I never seen anything like it. Hmm. But uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Yeah, that is. But uh, something, something different, you know. Yeah. But that kind of segues, I think, a little bit in what we're going to talk about. You know, that talks a little bit about youth sports now and what we were doing back in 1992. We weren't going to Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky, uh, for showcases. Uh, back then and i think that's kind of what what we decided we're, we're now what over a half hour in we're getting into our traditional shows here yeah. uh, back an hour and a half pace here what we were doing as youth and how it's changed a little bit but what was going on in our youth with youth sports now hold on say that what do you how do you pronounce that youth sports what are you saying <laughs> You've been living in Cincinnati so long. You got an accent or what? Say that again. I, I know. I, mu- I must have it. I must have an accent. You sports? You <laughs> <laughs> sports? Man. Okay. That's a tongue twister. Okay, man. all right. I heard it. That's okay. You. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're correcting my enunciation. You know. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, I didn't yeah. say anything about your singing, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I guarantee anybody that we know who uh, who hears that will, um, and it won't be positive. I guarantee. Um, so uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think we we talked about the premise. Uh, in all seriousness, I think I think we both would say uh, sports played a huge part in our life, um, both as a spectator, and we've we've covered that, you know, from the Bad Boys episode to uh, to the '87 Tigers. Um, but then also um, 
also playing sports, right? I mean, and we've we've talked about this a little bit where your dad was one of my little league baseball coaches uh, right. that I remember. And um and you know, although you, you know, took the actual Wildcats to to uh district finals our senior year, my basketball career was a little bit uh, less uh <laughs> less uh, uh decorated, but I did, you know, played some baseball or I'm sorry, but played some basketball in high school, wrestled in football and um, you know, I ran track a little bit. So yeah, it's, it was a big part of, of my life. And I know as we raise our kids, um, you know, we're not uh, spending all that money to travel and go to these uh, convention center uh, uh, tournaments here or anything, but uh, at least yet, but, but we're, uh, yeah, we certainly try to you know keep our kids in a sport, try to every season. Cause it's, I think it's good. I think it's great. Uh, a great way to learn life lessons. Yeah, no question. So when did you – was it baseball or were you playing anything prior? Is that kind of where I exposed to you? Yeah, I think – I think, and this has come up a little bit recently. I think it started actually uh, with soccer. I played Re- soccer oh, in yeah. kindergarten. That's true. For a year. And it's funny because uh, my my daughter uh, still plays, um, you know, like in rec league. Uh, but my mom was at one of her games and said, yeah, that was the only time – you you would uh like i forget if she said i cried before or she's like you just hated it and uh so uh that was that was short-lived but then whenever little league b you know like t-ball started i was a niffin electric uh Chris that's niffin right we was, were together yeah you yeah he uh yeah he was on our team hey where was that uh where was that ball field that we would play our games at? i can picture it but i don't know where it was geographically yeah it was uh thomas Elementary, which was an old elementary back in the day. Oh, it's gone. It in Oxford or what? Yeah, uh, I believe it was an elementary school. But anyways, it was Thomas School on Thomas Road, up off M twenty four, up by Oakwood. Okay, that that makes sense. Then I'm just thinking it through. Um, yeah, okay, Niffin Electric. Yep, and T ball. Now the funny thing is, that's the other thing. It's funny is I don't think we were maybe even first grade. We might have been like almost seven when we started playing T-ball, which is, again, it's amazing how, you know, yeah. kids are playing at four or five years old now. Yeah, they just and push it earlier. And, and we're playing T-ball at seven, you know, at seven, basically. Yeah. Well, as an adult, and I might sound like a grumpy old man that walked to school uphill both ways and barefoot in the snow or whatever. But, um, you know, as an adult, I, I, I kind of caught on as I, once I had kids, at least, where I'm like, oh, just like you said, you know, they start them earlier and things like that. And the season's longer. And now there's this camp or this, you know, pre, pre-season, right. you know, and I'm like, well, that's a moneymaker. You know, you see those oh, little yeah. yards yard signs at the at the intersection or whatever and you get a little word of mouth going with the parents and uh you know whether it's a hundred dollar a head for some day-long camp or whether yep. it's you know a few hundred for the season or whatever and you get a little peer pressure in the neighborhood uh, you know i don't know exactly who how that works as far as what's insured and how all the leagues get set up but uh there's money to be made and so i do think that that's at least a part a part of it uh is um is oh, uh, just, yeah. you know, pushing that and earlier. Um, yeah, I know we've done some things where like uh, afterward you think uh, the kids, they didn't get anything out of it. They just weren't, you know, mentally or physically ready, ready for it, whatever, whatever it was. But, you know, <laughs> right. at the same right. time, um, you know, it's always good to, to get outside. 
Um, but if my kids can get outside for free <laughs> rather than me having to pay, uh, you know, usually it's a, it's a, a bit of a better deal, but, uh, yeah, baseball was, yeah, with T-ball and I, I can, I can distinctly remember those games. I can remember the grass. I remember the building, uh, you know, it's organized sports, right? It's, it's to me, you learn winning, losing, I think a little less so nowadays. I, I, I have this like memory of our T-ball games being like cutthroat and like keeping score, but I don't know if that yeah. was true or not, but, uh, but certainly, um, yeah, you know, you learn winning, yeah. losing, uh, doing your best, working hard, uh, you know, learning from, you know, okay, I, at this last at bat, I did this. Now the next at bat, I'm going to change my, change my swing or change my stance or change my approach, which just like in life, sometimes works, sometimes doesn't work. You have to tweak it again, tweak it again. Those are all things that, uh, that I remember. And I think I learned through early on through sports. Or you could just be the kid that's out in the field playing with the grass or playing in the rocks. Yeah. Well, again, you're outside, and uh, I, the the last summer we were in in uh, in Ohio. It was just uh, last last summer. I um I helped coach uh, my my daughter's uh, uh, softball team, and yeah, there was a lot of a lot of that because usually wasn't hit out of the infield. And uh, right, yeah, I'm bored. Can I can I sit down? No, stand up. Yeah, well, you know, that was the thing back then. You They were playing to win, and it was competitive. And if you wanted to get to a spot where there's more action, you had to you had to learn the game. Yeah. You know, it wasn't just even participation, because I think that's a safety thing, too. You know, it's always like you put a kid that can't pay attention at third base. <laughs> got to get drilled in the head, man. Take a line drive. Yeah, right, right. Uh, yeah, and, you know, a lot more, uh, especially uh, at least in Ohio for the softball. My daughter did not play this year, but, uh, you know, the infielders all wore the uh, helmets face with masks. the yeah, face masks. And uh, they, we weren't rocking those back in 1980. You'd have, like, one helmet in the bag with, like, the dried-out foam. <laughs> like, you know, you're like your head was, like, the inside of a bell. You know, I don't know what they call that part of the bell that swings, but, like, that was your head. And then that, that helmet was just bouncing around your head. Um yeah, and then uh, your hat, like you said, yeah, um, we'd be we'd be making uh, roofs out of the uh, the bill the hat full them in five uh, three different parts to make it a nice little roof origami. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, that was funny though when you said that. I forgot completely about that. That was the thing. People would make these crazy shapes with the bills of their baseball hats on, like the baseball teams. That was like an Oxford Little League thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a national thing, but I know it was an Oxford thing. Um, and it's funny. <laughs> it's funny the memories you have. I distinctly remember uh, a game where Kurt Gibson uh, watching a Tiger game at a Tigers game at home, and Kurt Gibson legged out a uh, a, a double. And I remember his helmet falling, uh, flying into the air, and he had that wild, crazy hair, and he slides into second. And I, I and I, I wouldn't want whatever year that was. I even think like another kid on on my team saw it too. We talked about it, and we're like, we're gonna make our helmets fly off like Kirk Gibson. And I remember that being a thing too, because sometimes I remember the coach saying, uh, "Put your put your hat under your helmet so it doesn't fall off." And I remember thinking, "No, I want it to fall off." Right, right, right. Exactly. You know, hey, no, you would emulate. You would emulate different stances. You mentioned Chet Lemon earlier. Yeah. I remember trying to like emulate my stance, like Chet Lemon. Yeah, yeah, and I could, I can remember his stance too. Yeah, 
Oh yeah. Kind of bull, bent knees. Yeah, yeah. Got kind of bull legged oh, a little bit. Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, ready to spring, man. Uh, what a gamer. Um, yeah, you're funny. We're talking the look. I, I remember uh, my son uh, just this season. You know, he he went through this too. I I remember wanting baseball gloves, and my mom says, you know, no, we're not buying you baseball gloves. But I found these. I, I don't even know where they came from. They're from like her her like leftover stuff from the '70s. She had a few drawers that just had old leftover '70s stuff, and she had these white like almost like motorcycle gloves. I don't know how else to explain them with little snaps. I don't know what they were used for, but I remember then wearing those. I mean, I must have looked weird, and uh, but that you know probably probably got her one more season without having to buy me those those gloves. Let me ask you a question. Do you guys, does the Fisher family have like, um, like storage units rented out Me with it. of all, all the memorabilia of growing up? Cause it's like, every time I talk to you, it's like some new box has been brought out. Well, now you've got one. It's got like gloves from the seventies. I'm like, you got a, you got a t-shirt from WCSX from 1989. I do. Do you guys just keep everything? Well, it's funny you mention this. As I said at the top of the show, we're, uh, my family's on the road and I'm a bachelor here. And on my kitchen table right now, I have two bins of stuff that I'm just going through. Because to, to, the, to the answer to your question is yes, pretty much. And you have to think too, I'm an only child, right? So, um, you know, you and Jeff, you know, you, you might, some of this stuff might get divided up, whatever. Well, it all comes to me, right? <laughs> And uh, my mom likes to save, and she knows this, and we've talked about this. But, um, yeah, those gloves, for the record, those gloves, I believe, I could be wrong here. I, I A, left them out in the rain and they got ruined, or, B, I threw them away because I hated them because I wanted real batting gloves. And so maybe it's the end of the season. My mom said throw them away, whatever. Uh, so, I don't, for the record, I don't have those. Now, I did. I, I don't think I mentioned this on the pad, podcast. Uh, uh, you know, you, uh, you went to Clear Lake Elementary School uh, K through K through 6. I, I went there K through three. Um, and, uh, um, I took a picture cause one day my son randomly comes downstairs to go to school and he has one, he has a clear Lake elementary t-shirt on. So this thing is from 82, which doesn't make sense because he's older than I was in 82. Regardless, he doesn't care if things fit or not. So he's wearing a clear Lake elementary shirt. And then it's funny. You're asking, do you have bins with all this stuff in it? As I was going through these bins uh, at home, no, I, I meant I, no, like storage units. I mean, like, are you renting something? No, no, I get it. no, no, no. We aren't. <laughs> no, we are not. But did I see you? Did I see you on the show, Hoarders? Hoarders. Well, we listened. This move was. I know this is remember when, and we're, but but you know, the, the, it was a traumatic move. We 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 both, my wife and I, said, hey, we gotta we gotta purge here. So uh, I, I recommend is you know one of the you know there's a craze right now with the uh, uh marie kondo uh this japanese lady she's got a netflix series. are you familiar with this at all no. so my wife my wife got into that book before uh before i think it was mainstream but uh she's like hey there's this book by this japanese woman and we got to get rid of a lot of stuff i read the book and so uh we're we're trying we're trying to go through Point last last real quick though the point I wanted to make about the Clear Lake Elementary shirt is yes my son wore one to school a few weeks ago uh, and then in one of these bins I saw a second so I only went to the school for four years I can't imagine having more than a couple shirts 
but I've got them both. So, um, was, was your mom on PTO? No, none of that. I didn't know, but you know how it is though, right? They send the order forms home, right? It's still the same today, at least at our school. So, uh, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure that's, that's how I got it. Back, back to Duff McKay real quick. I don't, <laughs> when you said your hand was shaking and you came out and, uh, Jody asked what was wrong and you're okay. Did you tell her that you lost the dog? <laughs> uh, uh, do you want you want to you want to you, you want to tell that story the uh, the, the, the footage did the, did, the, did the dog get off the harness so and i knew i know i know this podcast about ute sports but um, i don't know if we're gonna i don't know if we're gonna get there this show i yeah. mean we're, an hour, we're almost an hour in i don't know if we're, I, it's just more reminiscent that's what it's called right. remember when so uh, yeah well then okay i'm good with that but uh, real quick i'll say when we were uh when we talked about technology a few shows ago with uh matt groves um former co-worker of mine um uh, Wood was kind enough to edit this out, but um, right in the middle of us recording the podcast, uh, we have a puppy, as I've talked about on the podcast, and um, she was really young then, and uh, she got she, I was supposed to be watching her. She's in the backyard. We're in the house recording the podcast. And she she got out of her harness. And what she did was she came back inside and like was laying down or something. But my wife saw the that it's you know it's like uh, kind of like a vacation right when they're like uh the car with the uh the the leash just uh dangling out the back of the bumper that's kind of what this i think is where she her and her mind went because in the backyard she sees a, a rope with a, a a harness but no dog so yeah so that we survived that though yeah we're kind of all over with the dog we're kind of all over this week we're rusty guys yeah. we're rusty out there it's been about six weeks it's hard to believe that right i think but hey we're going to still have fun. We're still going to try to entertain you, you know? Try. What do you what, what what's what's up next on the the uh the playlist? <laughs> the podcast playlist or the music playlist? Your playlist. Yeah. What's what's on the acoustics? Oh, let's see here. Now, uh, you know, let's see. Uh, tell me if you recognize Here we go. Name name this tune. And here we go. Um, has been mentioned many times on the podcast. Little Tom Petty, baby. She's a good girl. Loves her mama. Loves Jesus in America, too. All right. She's... Oh, okay. That's all I got. Oh, good, good go. Yeah. Here, and I'll have this same chord, same chord. How about this? Let me let me see. I'm not going to sing this, um, but I'm going to play it. A little Don Henley, baby. And uh, yeah, that's 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 just a little taste. That's just a little taste. Yeah, we're we're really pushing for material. <laughs> we, we've been we've been off for two months and we can't think of anything to talk about. Uh that's fun to it's fun to get back on the horse a little bit. But back to sports a little bit, yeah. So did you ever real quick? Did you ever play Oakland Raiders football? No, 
But I, uh, a friend of mine did, and I remember going to a game, at least one game of his. But no, my mom wouldn't let me. I begged her, but she wouldn't let me. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Well, and I think we'll we'll save more of this to for another episode with with sports. You know, as as, yeah. we, as we advance. But that was that Oakland Ra- Oakland Raiders really. Uh, uh, I, I still, even in middle school, I wanted it so bad. In seventh grade, I had hernia surgery right before school started, so I couldn't play seventh grade football. I still tease my mom and tell her that she timed it so I couldn't play football that year. And, oh, really? um, but then I just wanted to so bad, and then eighth grade I did, and you know, I never looked back, and that was a big, big part of my life. But uh, yeah, I, it was spurred from that Oakland, uh, Oakland Raiders football. Where would they play that? Was that, at the, uh, was that at the old high school, the same one that we played varsity football at? It, it, may, it may have been. You know, that was one that was, all, that was a program that was almost a little bit ahead of its time, you know, because, you know, we were only like second grade there. Yeah. yeah. And it was, full, it, was, it was full tackle, right? Yeah, I, and I want to say that team that was our grade, I think they got to play at the Silverdome. You know what? I think that's right. I think I remember that. I didn't go to the game, but I remember some of my friends. Um, Matter of fact, you remember you had a Halloween party one time at your house, like in second grade? No. Keep going. You had a Halloween party. You had a Halloween party. Uh, there were a lot of like people from your neighborhood that came over. Um, yeah, it was like people dressed up and it was during the day. It was like during the day. And I want to say for whatever reason, people were taught that were there might've been talking about, they had pictures. I, it was no video. I want to say someone had pictures, might've been, uh, Bo had pictures that's, of like him playing in the Silverdome. Yeah. That's the Raiders. That's who I, that's who I remember. Uh, and I went to playing. a game. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I do remember that. Uh, I remember two things from that party. Now that you mentioned it, I think we had Bob in for apples. And then yep. we also, I remember, and this is still a cool trick. We took a surgical glove and we filled it with water and froze it. And then we put that like in the middle of the punch bowl. And so like you're drinking punch from, uh, you know, from this punch bowl with his hand sticking out. Um, so you did, you had no recollection of this party, but now all of a sudden you do. I remember, I can't, I, about a glove. You, you couldn't remember the party, but now you can remember a glove. Yeah, because I remember, I remember my mom, like, telling me I had to, like, figure out some decorations. Well, I think I wanted to. I was like, I was like Halloween. I still do. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, but I'll be honest. I don't remember a whole, a whole lot more than that. But yeah, th- th- that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Halloween, man, such a fun, <laughs> that might be another podcast, uh, a subject, yeah. you know, just kind of going through the, 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 the costumes we wore speaking of surprise surprise i still have all my halloween costumes Um, how do you have your halloween costume because i'm listen wood listen i grew up i'm an only child like there are two people living in my house you know we didn't have a huge house or anything but we had the space my mom organized everything i'm not organized she was super organized so like there was a drawer that every year, and I, I you put your Halloween costume in because I, I would wear them at different times of year. I bet she, uh, uh, I bet she would like organize based on you know like okay after this number of years we'll have this many costumes and we're going to change to a bigger drawer or something. That's how she is. So yeah, I just uh, hopefully my mom doesn't hear this podcast because she handmade. We talked about this, you know, your mom was the same way, handmade, oh, yeah. handmade a lot of stuff, and she. Um, uh, we we just recently purged a few of those costumes, and um, so my mom's listening. Um, just kidding, I I really didn't. Uh. 
Yeah, no, Halloween was always fun. Um, did you do track at all? I, I did track one year in seventh grade. I, I realized then how slow I was when I was getting beat by uh, boys and girls in the 400. <laughs> that it it was not for me it's funny you say that i'm the same only seventh grade um i i want to say i didn't even last the whole season which is i feel bad saying that but i think that's true and um it's funny you meant it's funny you mentioned the 400 um uh, you know, working at Nike, like some of these elite athletes you see, um, I was just at, at an event and uh, a multi-time gold medalist uh, was there and she was talking. I think she won the gold in the 400 and then the gold in um, the 1600 relay. And she was talking about that. And I was I was talking, I was sitting, standing next to a coworker and I said, I ran that in like the 400 in seventh grade. And it was so hard because I think I did like the 200. <laughs> I did shot put maybe. And then I remember the 400 at the old high school, our track, it was one, it was one lap, right? Yeah. And the funny thing is about the 400, like you said, it's one lap to me. That's like a lot, but it's a sprint. (laughs) The 400 is a sprint. I remember my lungs just burning and yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. I mean, horrible. I, you know, later I would say, like through wrestling, like some of the the pain tolerance and just endurance, you would you would have to, to you know, was I, I I think back, I can't even fathom it, but I I put almost right up there was that seventh grade four hundred meter dash because it was just two hundred. I remember you're all out, but then you're like you you over the finish line, you're exhausted, but you're like ah that four hundred yeah. that last hundred meters, you're like. Oh, I might not live. I might, or I might collapse and embarrass myself. I'm not sure. Well, did you just see? Um, I didn't realize he was still around. And this, I saw it on Twitter. Um, do you remember Mr. Kelly? Yeah. Well, he was a track coach in middle school, right? Yes. Or in yep, junior. that's right. Well, he, he actually just uh, he had retired from teaching, like back in the nineties. Okay, that makes sense. But but this actually I just saw this was his last year. He had been coaching up through this season. This is his last season for Oxford Golf. Wow, he's a golf coach. Wow, and he the good for him, man. That's wow. Yeah. Well, if you remember, Mister Ball, remember he was the varsity. Right? He wasn't he the yep. varsity track coach? Uh, you know, props to to Mister Ball. I, I'm not sure if he's still with us or not. Yep. He was. He was. Who? 70 when he uh when we had him well into his 60s still coaching and he was the uh he was the i love that class he was the drafting i think we call it drafting right like you know architecture uh class. i didn't take it but yeah i love that class because yeah. then later i took computer aided drafting cad class too but mr ball at again i'm gonna say late 60s early 70s he could do one uh one-handed push-ups Cause we would be like, Mr. Ball, like that was the legend. And I was there one time. He was such a nice guy, always so happy oh, yeah. and friendly. And I will never forget, you know, kids saying, you know, Hey, can you do that for us? And he got down and he did a freaking one hand push up. Yeah. Really? 
you know, this wow. this could be another podcast at some point, like the teachers you remember. And, and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes it's the academics. Uh, I know we talked, I think, a little bit about like Mr. Smith, uh, you know, in the history and how much we learned uh, oh, from yeah. him. Um, and uh, but but uh, Mr. Ball, well, I learned a lot from drafting class. I mean, I still think thinking through way through problems and ways that I learned in that class. But even beyond that, he was one of those, like he just stood out as somebody who, you know, who wanted to teach and, and, and yeah. loved what he did, I guess. And, and as yeah. a young impressionable kid uh, that stood out to me and um, you know, teachers, it's so hard. And I mean, it's probably even harder today with, you know, sure. standardized testing and, you know, how you got to be so careful about things and, you know, we want our kids safe and everything. I mean, we want our, 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 our teachers to be, you know, well out for kids safety, but, but um, yeah, it was just, uh, you know, some of those teachers, Mr. Martin was another one we were talking about with math and I learned oh, so yeah. much from him academically. Also a good, a good, very nice, nice guy. But um, yeah, Mr. Mr. Ball just stands out to me as one of those where it's like, wow, like, uh, he, you know, he made a positive impression on me. So, um, I'm sure, Absolutely. I'm sure as we talk about sports, uh, we can talk coaches too. And, uh, you know, um, some of the biggest influences I've, of my life are from our football and wrestling coach, coach Bud Rowley. Well, well, speaking of Rowley transition, um, do you think kids, they still play Rowley ball? No. <laughs> are you asking me or are you telling me they do? No, I'm asking. No, I wonder I, if they still play rally ball. I'm going to say no, only because the uh, <laughs> acceptance, and we'll explain what what rally ball was. Uh, the acceptance of of school endorsed violence uh, is. I'm not sure in the <laughs> '80s and safety. I'm not sure in the '80s uh, it, it was. I think even in the '80s it was important, but I think so uh, more more now even. Well, that was the best game it ever. Was. It was the best game. So. You want to explain? Uh, it? You go ahead if you remember more of the rule because I can't okay. go into detail. Okay, so basically, this was a game in. We're talking sports as youth, so we'll just transition to junior high. This this was gym class, and Coach Bud Rowley was our gym teacher in eighth grade. And the junior high, which is now uh, Lakeville Elementary, it's not the high school. High school right, yeah. it, 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 it's the middle <laughs> right. school now. But anyways. The, the middle school at that time, which is Lakeville Elementary now, we would have uh, basically those cur- one of those curtains <laughs> that would split the gym in half. So basically, like you had two basketball courts going the, the short way. It was against. It was perpendicular. Of hey, the main hey, court. it was. Anyways, hey, we talked about this on a previous half. podcast. It was like a Pistons regular season game at the Silverdome. Yeah, exactly. You roll the blue cart, uh, blue curtain out. So basically, the way it would be is you'd have your bleachers on each side. Well, basically, the way it would work is you had your wall, and you had the curtain as your sidelines, and then you had <laughs> one half of the bleachers on one end, and the other half of the bleachers yep. on the other end. He would take masking tape, <laughs> and he would take masking tape and make two rectangles on each side of the bleachers, and those were your goals. Then, we would use a um, one of those red kickballs. Yep, that you would use for dodgeball Dodge or yep. whatever. And this game was a little bit of a combination of field hockey, uh, a little bit of rugby. <laughs> yeah, 
and maybe some, you know, what I did I say hockey already? Yeah, yeah. Um, but basically, what it was is you had two teams, and you're trying to score goals. You had a goalie, and you could pass the ball to your teammates. You're trying to score. But the cool part about this game was you could lay out people. <laughs> <laughs> so if a guy's got the ball, you could basically just tackle him or you could check him into the wall, check him into the, the uh, curtain. I mean, you kids would just, just, just nail each other. each other, yeah. But it was the best game. I mean, we play it, you know, occasionally. I don't know how often we would play it, but everyone to play that game. But you would just get after it. Yeah. It was awesome. This was eighth, and, eighth and, grade, and then, right? And then you're just whipping this ball. Yeah. I mean, you get somebody to just chuck the ball to try to score, you know? Yeah. It was awesome. It was that in eighth grade then? Yeah, it was eighth grade. Yeah. Were you in his were you in his first first uh yeah, yeah same here. Right, right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh I you know what I just texted him the other day, uh, and we went back and forth a little bit. I I'm gonna ask him. I'll uh uh podcast listeners, I'll try to get uh a little story about the origin of, of Raleighball out of him. Um as I remember it was an evolution. I could be wrong here and I'll, I'll check with him. I think he created it that year. And I think it was an evolution out of dodgeball because do you remember the intensity of the dodgeball games in that gym? Oh, class? great. Oh. And do you remember we just had a team building thing uh, with work not too long ago? And like a couple of us, all these adrenaline uh, juices just started flowing. Like we wanted to take somebody's head off with these balls. And other people are like, how do you play? You know, and that whistle blows and we we're just going at it it was so fun but i said we had as a team building thing yeah like a coach in there telling us you know the rule and i said is there a demilitarized zone and they're like what and i said when we played this in middle school you had do you remember this and if you're a basketball player you might know what the lines were but you had the center court line but then on either i'll say five feet uh parallel with the center court line on five you had a line five feet each side of the center court line both teams could go that. So you could you could uh, sneak up behind somebody or find somebody oh, really? unaware. Oh yeah, you don't you don't remember that? I don't remember that. Oh yeah, because that was your opportunity to really drill somebody. It reminds me later on in life in sports. I remember the same with being on um, on the kick kickoff team or the kick return team when the whistle yeah, hadn't yeah, blown yeah. and some guy's yeah. just jogging down there and he's a, and you could just you could just drill him. That's how I remember that with the demilitarized zone in dodgeball is you know they're 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 facing the other way trying to throw the ball and they turn around and then you're like three feet four. Feet you can just drill yeah, them in the face. Well, that's the thing. That was cool. Like I, you know, I think they play a little bit now. I think it was like where you, it was non-existent with my kids. Now they're playing it, but yeah, of course you can't hit people in the face. No, back then, you, you back then you were aiming for the face. <laughs> I have a how, great. How many, how many kids could you knock their glasses off? <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, that's you, you were aiming for the glasses. You so you wore glasses then? I did, oh. but I didn't. I, don't, I was pretty good. I have to say, I don't know if I ever got hit in the glasses, but it was great to hit people in the face. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, listen. That's I got, what you want to do. I got a great story from that year in dodgeball. So when you're out, right, you uh, you go to the sideline, you sit. We had that little stage area, right? So you'd sit up on the stage, yeah. and then if somebody caught a ball, you'd you you know you'd go back out. So I'm now, sitting. Did the rule then? Huh? Did they have that? Because, again, I'm going back to – you've seen the movie Dodgeball, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
It's awesome. But I was trying to remember that rule. Did we have the rule back then? Because that movie did, where if you caught it, you could come back in, or if you caught it, you were out. No, I thought I, if you called it, just the other guy was out back then. Oh, see, I thought we went the other team. Maybe we did. Yeah, I thought th- I thought so, but maybe, maybe I just assumed that from watching the movie. But um, I, anyway, I'm on the sidelines, so I'd already been out, and I'm sitting there, and a ball drills me in the face, and blood. <laughs> just explodes <laughs> out of my nose everywhere because I remember Coach Raleigh being like, ah, Fisher, get out of here! You're a bloody mess! And, like, blood's just pouring down my, my, under my shirt. I go in the bathroom. Remember, the bathrooms are right out there, out, right outside the door there, and outside the gym door. And I, uh, yeah, I cleaned up and, you know, put paper towel up there, uh, which was a foreshadowing later on in wrestling. My nose would bleed all the time. Turns out I was just talking to somebody about this. Um, they had the same uh, procedure done. You you get your nose cauterized. They stick a, like a rod up there. Yep. Yeah. And right, right, right. It, and uh, it was always better after that. In fact, Jason Filan, again, former uh, Remember Win alum. I, uh, I remember being at his house the night after that and my, you know, felt all kind of weird. But um yeah. Oh, blood everywhere. And those were intense dodgeball games. And uh, still well, fun. Or our, our friend uh, Paul Defoe, remember he broke his finger. Way, oh, uh, another right. another kid threw it. He tried catching one off his right. finger, and he's comes in the next day in a cast, a purple cast. Oh, that's right, man. How do you? Oh, I'd love to talk to him about that. How do you remember this? Stuff? The, and Paul, if you're listening out there, yeah. please come on the show. Yeah. the invite's been out there for six months. Yeah, now. what are you doing, man? You, you you busy or something? Running a business and traveling all over for baseball tournaments. Come on, man. Get By the way, stop into Dafoe's. Yes. Uh, in Oxford. Yes. It's a great place. Right on M24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For all your uh, all your needs. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get him on this show. But, yeah, it's funny. I remember that. But, like, like in middle school, let's face it. Like, that's such a cool, cool thing to do. Like, I broke my finger playing dodgeball. Catching a ball, too. <laughs> like, you know, I've, I never broke anything. If I did, it because I fell or like I got nowadays hit. the school nowadays some parent be going after yeah. the school. Yeah, yeah. Back then we were laughing about it. See, I sound like crotchety old man now, yeah. but man, it was great memories. It was. You remember that stuff? <laughs> it, I remember that gym class. Uh, so many memories from that gym oh, class. Oh, so great! But it was it, it was first hour. So like you know you're in middle school now. You you know you got you sweat and bo and everything, and then yeah you know right away first first period man you're just all <laughs> lathered up full of full of bo. Um, <laughs> you know what what a way to what a way to start the day. I'm sure sure we smelled right by the time we got home. Yeah, no, no, gym class was great, but rally ball, classic game from the past. Yeah, and uh, I'm a, I'm gonna try to get some uh, uh, get some info from him on that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was good stuff. Uh, occasionally, we'd um, you know we we take we it was always fun in gym class. <laughs> it was a spring where you actually get to go outside. Yeah, like there was some baseball occasionally. I never flag football was always fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know what they do at my like at my my kids' school, and uh, I think this is true around the Northwest. You know, because of the rain, whatever they have, uh, they have big areas, big uh, covered areas. So I think even th- year round, or at least through the winter, or whatever, the gym classes will go outside. 
Because it's not as cold. I guess that's the big difference. It's sure. not as cold. And then, but then there's uh, protection from the elements, which, uh, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I, I don't know what's true and what's not, but you read these stats about how kids are spending like 23 and a half hours a day, you know, uh, inside and in, in a chair doing nothing. And, you know, we're trying to, trying to get them outside. I don't know. I don't know. My kids seem to be outside a lot, but, uh, you know, I know the stats, uh, uh there's some, <laughs> they're not going outside the way we did, I guess. Well, and, and, and that was the other thing, uh, we didn't really talk about, you know, organized sports is obviously everything today. Um, you know, the, yeah. you, know you would have games in our backyard, oh. you know, a baseball game or a kickball, um, you'd get buddies and just, even if you'd have enough players, remember the ghost runners? Oh yeah. You'd have a ghost runner. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Our house in Ohio next door to us, we had two, uh, older, uh, older, uh, boys, Gavin and Avery. Gavin just finished his freshman year in college and, uh, Avery just finished sophomore year in high school. What's up guys. I'll see them in a few couple weeks, but, um, they, uh, we used to play a lot and there were a couple kids on the other corner. One of them just graduated high school and the other was probably like a freshman. And, um, I would play with them a lot and uh, they were doing all that stuff too. They were doing all the ghost runners and whatnot. Same, like you said, you know, you figure out who you, sure. who you could get. And, uh, but yeah, well, and some of those games would get intense, right? I mean, we, oh, yeah. yeah, we would play football. We would play sometimes in the neighborhood, like tackle football. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. One-on-one, one-on-one football. You know? Yeah. Well, and even when you're playing touch, you know, nothing like an argument over whether you touched it, like if it's two hand touch, you know, oh, yeah. an argument of whether you touch them with two hands before they scored can escalate very quickly and can, uh, can get, uh, very real. Um, so yeah, baseball, heck you had, we played baseball in your backyard. You had, uh, yeah. you had uh, grass from tiger stadium in your backyard, right? I think we did. I, I I don't know why it was put in the backyard. It was a, we were there actually the night they uh, won the American League uh, East in eighty uh, in eighty four. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We were there when the they beat the Brewers, and I don't know. We didn't go on the field. It must have been some dude that ran the field, came back. I think my brother got a patch of grass. I think I think is packed in the backyard. As I remember, I don't remember having a Halloween uh, party, but I think I do remember this story. Is you said like, yeah, some drunk guy or something like threw it yeah. threw it at your kid or something like that, yeah. and then uh, yeah, I think it died. Right, I think it was always brown when I. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, hey, but we had it was kind of cool. We had uh, in our backyard, you know, we had that little field next to us and the woods, whichever way we set up the home plate. It was like if the ball went in the woods, it was a home run. Yeah, it went in the weeds. It was a home run. We had a little marker set. We used these little bricks as our our um, our uh, bases. And, you know, you just you create your own entertainment, man. Well, as a parent now, like, well, both, uh, both our backyards growing up were bigger than any house, uh, I've, I've lived in. Um, but as an adult, man, you worry, oh, especially baseball, like, you know, anything you're hitting or like throwing a baseball, like it immediately gets out of hand with kids and like, oh yeah, you know, you know, window, uh, you know, sliding glass door, like they're just big targets. <laughs> well, heck. Well, heck, my brother, when we were growing up, we were playing in the backyard. And we had a, my dad actually made a homemade tee. He took basically like a small two-by-four, cut a hole in it, and put a piece of PVC pipe mm. in it. <laughs> that was our tee. And um, <laughs> our neighbor was over, and he was swigging. Um, and my brother 
decided to walk behind him into his swing. Oh. Got hit right in the head. He had like a hematoma on his oh. head and everything, man. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I mean, just, you know, kids swinging bats. I, I still, that drives me nuts today, you know, like kids I, I'm coaching. It's like, get behind the fence yeah. if you're on deck or, you know, if you're, if you're in the line of the uh, the batter, get behind the fence without a helmet you're gonna get whacked you know yeah that that is that is dangerous i know i worked with the guy one time you know he's like i gotta take off tomorrow i gotta get caps replaced and i'm like what and he's like i had two fake front teeth because he you know got hit by a bat as a kid um yeah my uh my wife was a for years was a, a pediatric nurse and so she's seen the worst she's seen it all and uh when i would coach like like you're saying man any kid that was had a a hand on a bat, let alone swinging it in the wrong place, man. She was all, Steve, get that kid, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's not worth it. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, an aluminum bat. Hey, speaking of speaking of Little League, did we always use aluminum bats? I distinctly remember having a wooden bat one time, and then it broke. Uh, hey, uh, surprise, surprise, I still have that bat um, in, in <laughs> both pieces. But, um, but uh, did, did we use wood, or was it always aluminum? I think most of us use aluminum. If okay. there was, there could have been wood in the, in, but I don't think they got used very often. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, it might have been like in the bag, but it was yeah, in the big bag. It was in the garage at, at Parks and Rec, you know. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right on that. But uh, uh, yeah, I listened to. I think you were watching watching it too. The Michigan, the College World Series, and uh, Michigan yep. was. Uh, man, I thought they were going to pull it off, but I um, know. But uh, it's funny. I was listening to the games, and it's funny to hear uh, the uh, you know that aluminum bat, that noise, uh, rather than the the wooden bat. Ding, ding, ding. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, good. Uh, I think this is good episode. Kind of kick getting things rolling a little bit back into the flow. You know, it's kind of a hodgepodge of a show, right? Yeah, yeah, but it's fun. It's good catching up. Uh, you know, hey, a hodgepodge like there's something there for everybody. A- everybody's right. gonna, everybody's gonna be interested in at least something we liked. And let's face it, most people are going to be interested in all of it. <laughs> That's right. Well, so uh, I think we're gonna get back into the music themes a little bit. We've been off that for a little while. Yeah, think, uh, we're trying to get back on that. So, but you better get fact because you know i know you're you're home for a week and a half but don't you have some painting you got to get done or you i got painting i'm building a table i got i've been going through the bins so that's been a part of it too uh so yeah oh yeah i got a long a long list but um i got a lot less responsibilities too so um yeah i'll get through it all right man we'll enjoy it hey let let me uh let me uh let me let me take us out here and maybe some inspiration for you to to get up to Scully's. Woke up to the sound of pouring rain. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> all right, man. Until next time. Hey. I remember you. (laughs) Out. (laughs) This podcast features a song, Take the Lead, by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. 
Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.